The Ohio State Buckeyes are being questioned and carefully observed by the college football world entering 2023. Losing to Michigan two years in a row, and consequentially missing out on an opportunity to capture the Big Ten for two years in a row, has led many college football fans, and a minority of Buckeye fans as well, to irrationally question the direction of the program, irrationally question the strength of the team, the talent on the team, and it's even gotten to the point where national writers and football analysts are joining in on the party of lunacy. Let me just give a reality check. If you're an Ohio State fan, if you're a Buckeye, if you're a college football fan and you know the game, it's unacceptable to continuously lose, have a long losing streak, or be unable to compete in the game. That's unacceptable. And the criticisms regarding Ryan Day and the team about the last two losses to Michigan are totally understandable. They're totally acceptable. Losing by 22 at home to Michigan is outerworldly. I never thought as a Michigan fan myself that that would happen. Losing to Michigan on the road two years ago by 15. There were ways it could have been different. I'm not going to go as far to say that that was unacceptable, but I think last year's loss especially stung, and rightfully so. And I think that if Ryan Day can't win at home in 2024 or can't be more competitive this year in Ann Arbor in 2023, there needs to be some more deep scrutiny and criticism. But that's very different from putting Ohio State as a program in the category of a question mark team, or implying or saying that the Buckeyes will go 8-4 and four or 9-3 and three in the regular season, when that hasn't happened, excluding the Luke Fickle year, since I think the early 2000s, when Jim Tressel was rebuilding the program. This team, as put in an article by 11warriors.com by the Athletics' Stuart Mandel, Ohio State is college football's only recession-proof program. It's unacceptable to lose to Michigan multiple years in a row and vice versa. I personally was calling for Harbaugh's head after the 2020 season, and I was not pleased with Jim Harbaugh at all when he could not beat, let alone compete, with the Ohio State Buckeyes, whether on the road or in his own home stadium, Michigan Stadium, the big house. And that's okay. It's actually great because you want to compete with your rival. You want the rivalry to be good, healthy, especially when it's the greatest rivalry in all of sports. And I'm very excited for the game this season. I think it's going to be a battle between two undefeateds, 11-0 versus 11-0 once again. And if you want to check out my bold predictions video, I detail in that video why I think that the winner of that game will win the national championship and why the loser of that game has a chance also to win the national championship. I think that both teams will once again get into the college football playoff, and I think they're the two best teams in America. And I think whoever wins in Ann Arbor will consequentially win the national championship, whether that's Ohio State, whether that's Michigan. My Bold Predictions video details this, so I encourage you guys to click that link down below in the description and watch the video if you're interested on that. But back to the topic of today. Ohio State football, I don't think, is going anywhere. Even if they lose to Michigan for the third year in a row, 
or if another unthinkable event happens and they lose to Penn State at home, or they lose to Wisconsin on the road. Ryan Day has never lost to a Big Ten program not named Michigan. I still expect Ohio State to more likely than not go 10-2 and in the regular season, 11-1. and It's more likely, in my opinion, that they go undefeated and win in the big house than they were to go 10-2. and This team is loaded, period, amen. They have a higher blue-chip ratio than Georgia, and I know that they have a tougher schedule, but this team, again, one dropped interception or a field goal away, and this isn't taking away from what Georgia did because the game matters, but change one thing. All you'd have to change is one play, and you can't say that for many games, but all you'd have to change is one play in that game, and Ohio State would have won the national title. They would have ran over TCU, just like Georgia did, and they'd be 13-1, and one stinging loss to Michigan, but a national title that would make up for it in a lot of Buckeye fans' minds, and especially in Gene Smith's mind, who publicly came out and said he prioritizes national titles over winning the game which had some controversy, but we're not going to talk about that. The narrative would be different. I myself, even with Ryan Day having a losing record to Jim Harbaugh, if he won the national title in the college football playoff last season, I would have him ranked ahead of Harbaugh. Winning the national championship is a whole different game that requires years of building up a program, recruiting at an elite level, scheming at an elite level, and having toughness. And Ryan Day nearly did that. He's a great head coach, he's built a great staff, and those who've came before him did the same thing, whether it was Urban Meyer, whether it was Jim Tressel, gotta go back a little before Tressel because John Cooper and other coaches who weren't as successful, to be quite frank, you go back to Woody Hayes, Ohio State has a deep history of success, and I think that the evidence, the history, the the talent on the roster the coaching, Ryan Day's tenure. I mean, he's going to be entering year five, and at worst, he's gone 11-2. and two. At worst, he's gone 10-2 and two in the regular season. The worst conference record he's had is a conference record with one loss, one blemish, one blemish to a team that made the college football playoff and that won the Big Ten, a great team, a near-elite team in 2021 and an elite team in 2022 that had a few things been improved and had the staff prepared better, they would have finished 14-1 and or maybe in one out of like 20 simulations gone 15-0 and and won it all. So there's no shame currently in having a 45-6 and record and a 31-2 and record in conference with two Big Ten championships, a national championship appearance, and a competitive playoff game versus only the third team in college football history to go 15-0. So I just want to put it out there. The people who think that Ohio State's going 8-4 or 9-3, I think you're either being too optimistic in regards to you don't like Ohio State, you're hoping, you're praying on their downfall. History shows otherwise, and you have a right to disagree with it. And there are reasons, there are questions to be had about Ohio State this season, but they're not a question mark team. They have questions at tackle, 
They have questions at corner. Maybe some questions at safety, just given how bad the secondary was last season. And they have some questions in the running back room about health. That's about it. Those are the true questions that could have severely positive and or negative ramifications. Quarterback, you look at the history, you look at the talent, you look at Kyle McCord, he didn't perform the greatest in the spring game, but he's performed well on the field in limited playing time. He has a quality backup who could probably be a top 10 quarterback on his own in Devin Brown. Ohio State is one of the deepest, if not the deepest quarterback room in the nation. They're up there with Kansas, up there with USC, those schools that have deep, developed quarterback rooms. And I look at this team, and with that high blue-chip ratio, with the fact that offensively it's hard to stop them unless you have a defense that's all around in the top five, a well-coordinated defense, and a defense that has a secondary that is legit and that has fast playmakers who can cover You have to have physical trench play to score on Ohio State's defense and to also run against the Buckeye defense. I think this team also being nearly in the top 50 in returning production, there's more to like than dislike about Ohio State. And I think that while there are some questions, while all in all, this team, there are criticisms to be had, they aren't truly a question mark team. They have too much talent. They're completely certain at wide receiver. They're certain at linebacker. You're certain at offensive guard. I'd say certain at quarterback, and I'd say certain on the defensive line as well. And health, health is a question for any team, period, amen, because injuries, you don't know when they're going to happen. So I'd say every position except corner is because of how Denzel Burke regressed and tackle where you had to bring in Josh Simmons from San Diego State. Josh Schreier looks to start on the other side of Simmons, and there's questions there. That's it. Every other position is among one of the best in America, and corner has the potential to be one of the best in America, with Davison Igbenosan coming in, and if Denzel Burke gets back to his 2021 level. I don't think that with the history Ohio State has and with the program that they've built up, since Trestle, Meyer continued it, and now Ryan Day has taken the reins, they're too consistent to be put in the position and to have conversations surrounding them that I hear when talking about Ohio State football in 2023. This team is more likely to be the number one team in the country than they are to be the number five team in the country. And that's just my opinion. You can disagree with it. They have the best winning percentage in college football. I just want to give some historical background, whether you're a Buckeye fan or not. They win 73.3% of their games. That's all time. Ryan Day's winning percentage is 88%. He's played in 51 games, 145 of them. He's won 88%. 88% of his games. It's crazy. He went undefeated before losing in a close, highly contested game in the playoffs in 2019 with what was the greatest team of the college football playoff era not to win a national title. That year in 2019, he went 2-1 and one against top 10 opponents. All in all, he went 5-1 and one against opponents he faced in the top 25 when they were ranked during the week he played them. In 2020, 
Ohio State once again went 2-1 and one versus top 10 teams. They went 4-1 and one versus teams that were ranked when they played them. In 2021, Ohio State, they went 1-1 one and one versus top 10 opponents, beating Michigan State, losing to Michigan. All in all, they still went 4-2 and two versus ranked opponents when they played that week. And in 2022, finally, Ohio State went 1-2 and two versus top 10 opponents. The first time under Ryan Day, they had a losing record against top 10 opponents in a season, and they still went 2-2 two and two against ranked opponents overall. And this 2022 Ohio State team, the record against ranked opponents almost doesn't do them justice anyway because they played very competitively with Georgia, the eventual national champion. Penn State was ranked top 10 at the end of the year, and they crushed them in Beaver Stadium. I don't care that they played close for three quarters. That's more of a reflection that Penn State is improving and has capability to beat Ohio State, which we've known for the past near decade. But it also shows that Penn State at the end of games, under Franklin, they just can't manage games properly, and Ohio State's still vastly superior in talent. Also, Ohio State, in the beginning against Notre Dame, they still dominated them in the fourth quarter. This team is just so talented, and the way they played Georgia, and the way Stroud played against Georgia, and the way the defense, Georgia's offense was elite last season, the way they were able to maintain and contain Todd Monken's defense was, in, not defense, but offense, was impressive in and of itself in the Peach Bowl. They fell apart in the fourth quarter, and there was something to say about the Michigan and Georgia games where, in the second half, Ohio State really did fall flat. And they were a team that got out quick in the first half against Michigan and in the first and third quarter against Georgia, but in the final halves against Georgia and in the final half against Michigan, they just couldn't do it. They were not consistent against these elite teams or in the case of Michigan, and even in the case of Georgia, I would say they were consistent, but they just couldn't get the job finished. They couldn't do it. Whether it was Georgia simply outcoaching them in the fourth quarter and just having a better defense or having more talent, I'd argue that Ryan Day coached a better game than Kirby Smart did, but what Kirby Smart's assistants did all year helped compensate for that. Or whether it's against Michigan where Ohio State came into that game thinking that they were going to win by double digits, and Michigan, through schematic advantage, through better preparation and being a more physical team, just pounded them. It is what it is. But they still won 11 other games. And this team returns, outside of C.J. Stroud, practically and the tackles, practically every one of importance from 2022's team. They're also first in number of weeks ranked in the AP poll, being ranked in 966 weeks. They've been ranked in every poll under Ryan Day, every week. Every week they've played under Ryan Day, they have been ranked. They've been ranked in the top 15. There was one, the only reason I don't say top 10 is there was one week in 2021, I think it was against Rutgers or Akron, where they were ranked outside of the top 10. And it was 11th. So they're practically a unanimous top 10 team week after week after week. They're third in wins all time with 953 and second in all Americans produced consensus 
with 92 of them. And that just goes to show the elite roster they have with the All-Americans. Last year, they had Marvin Harrison Jr. and Emeka Egbuka, All-American caliber players at wide receiver. They had Jackson Smith and Jigba, Chris Olave, and Garrett Wilson in 2021. They had Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave in 2020. They had Chris Olave in 2019, along with some other good or great wide receivers who weren't quite All-American caliber, but still phenomenal. The wide receiver room under Ryan Day has been nothing short of elite. Justin Fields in 2019 and 2020, and C.J. Stroud in 2021 and 2022. It's an All-American caliber quarterback. J.K. Dobbins, All-American caliber running back in 2019. I know he was recruited by Urban Meyer, so let's look at other players. You got, I think, Mayan Williams when healthy, and even Travion Henderson when healthy. Those are All-American caliber running backs. I think Dallin Hayden can evolve into being an All-American caliber running back. I thought that Jeremy Ruckert, I don't know about Cade Stover, but I thought that Jeremy Ruckert could have evolved into you know, an All-American caliber tight end, who's definitely an All-Big Ten tight end. Paris Johnson Jr., other offensive lineman. Donovan Jackson, who's still with the team, All-American caliber offensive lineman. Defensively, it has not been the same under Ryan Day as compared to Urban Meyer, with the exception of the 2019 team. Obviously, Chase Young, Jeff Okuda, others All-American caliber right there. Tommy Eichenberg's an All-American caliber linebacker. Steel Chambers could be that. JT Tuimolau. Watch his game against Penn State. If you're, if you don't know who he is yet, you will know who he is in 2023. Mike Hall Jr. is another player I'd put up there. Davis and Igbenosin and Jihad Carter at secondary, and Denzel Burke if he can get back to his 2021 play as well. The amount of talent that has been on this team that is currently on Ohio State and will be on the Buckeye roster is phenomenal. It's unreal, and it's uncontested, mind you, in the Big Ten from at least a high school recruiting standpoint. Michigan, I'd argue, over the past two seasons has developed better than the Buckeyes have, and their superior development has helped compensate for their inferior talent. But then again, recruiting in high school matters a whole lot, and that's why Michigan right now has the number two recruiting class. They know that if they want to win and compete at a national level— they have to recruit like Ohio State. They have to. They have to get multiple four stars, a handful of five stars, not just one. Michigan might not even reach that goal this season, depending on how Jaden Davis finishes in the rankings and whether they get some high-caliber defensive linemen thereafter. You have to recruit at a high level. And Ohio State has done that under Ryan Day every year he's been there. Urban Meyer did the same thing. Jim Tressel wasn't as recruit-heavy as I would say Urban Meyer or Ryan Day were, but it was a different era in recruiting just 15 years ago. It's nearly been—it's closer to 15 years than not that Jim Tressel's been with the program, and Jim Tressel was a great developer of talent. He was a Big Ten guy, and defensively, his teams were phenomenal, and he also had great offensive players too, like Beanie Wells and etc., Ryan Day also has a 45-6 and record at Ohio State with a 1-3 and record in the CFP and two Big Ten titles. Also, a little fun fact for you all, the Buckeyes have not had multiple losing seasons 
since the 1920s, and I don't see them having a losing season in the future. So what about 2023 and beyond? I talked a little bit about 2023 already, actually a lot about 2023, but also tying that in with Ohio State's history and how those have a relationship. What about beyond in the future? The Big Ten will abolish divisions after this season. USC and UCLA will join the conference, none of whom are, have the talent level that Ohio State does whatsoever. But still, it's added competition. Lincoln Riley has beaten Ohio State before. So it's interesting. The more competition, the better. Divisions are going to be gone. Michigan and Ohio State will get a chance to rematch in the Big Ten championship game, and Ohio State will have the opportunity to, let's say if they play Penn State or USC in the regular season, and those teams win the rest of their games, they'll have an opportunity to rematch with those teams. So it's going to be different. The schedules will be more balanced, in my opinion, and I think overall the Big Ten will benefit from this. I like where they're moving in the future, and I like where Ohio State football is moving in the future. They currently have the number four recruiting class with two five stars who are wide receivers and 10 four stars. It's, I mean, it it really is awesome if you're an Ohio State fan or even if you're a college football fan in general and you admire schools that can recruit and develop at a high level. And defensively, they don't have any five stars yet, but they are in the running for a lot of five stars on the defensive side. And they've recruited C.J. Hicks and Sonny Styles, who were five stars when they joined Ohio State. And I think that they, while not being starters this season, maybe one of them will be, they will get playing time this year. You will see them, you will know them on the field, and by 2024, when they're fully grown starting Buckeye men, you will know who they are, and they'll be very good players. Ryan Day and Brian Hartline, this is especially a credit to him, have focused on skill position talent on offense. This is an area where there are some valid complaints, as Ohio State has not exactly been keen on focusing on big-time offensive linemen, which hurt them against Michigan in 2021, hurt them against Georgia in 2022, to a certain degree, hurt them against Michigan in 2022, but I think Michigan's secondary, and this is part of the reason I'm high, as a brief side note on Michigan's secondary and why I think it's the best in 2023 and entering 2023, is Michigan did not, they didn't sack Stroud a whole lot as much as they did in 21, nor did they pressure him as much. More so, Michigan just in coverage was able to cover the likes of Marvin Harrison Jr. and Emeka Egbuka. And if Jackson Smith and Jigbo was healthy, maybe Ohio State gets more points. Maybe, though I doubt it, they win. But offensive line is important because if Ohio State against Michigan even has a better offensive line, they might be able to stick with the run more. And they were doing well running with Chip Trainum, but in the end, they like to pass the football, and Michigan's secondary was just too good to be attacked by a one-dimensional offense that was plagued with injuries at running back, and that while the offensive line was good, was great, and at times looked elite, wasn't as consistent as Michigan's offensive line or defensive line. But when you are recruiting a quarterback like Air Noland, who might be a five-star, 
and Mylon Graham and Jeremiah Smith. Five-star wide receivers are coming to your program. It's not going to stop. The 1,000-yard receivers, the Bolitnikoff Award winners, the consensus All-American wide receivers, they're not going to stop. They won't stop, as long as Brian Hartline is there, and maybe even beyond that if he leaves Ohio State, which I don't know if he will. He's a Buckeye, born and bred, and he played with the program, went to the NFL, returned, took over for Zach Smith following the controversy and scandal of 2018, and Ohio State fans don't regret that decision of promoting him because he's the best wide receivers coach in the country, he's the best positional recruiter in the country, and we'll see how he works as an offensive coordinator, but I have no doubt he'll have success there. Beyond 2023, Ohio State fans should be excited. With Michigan being top five in returning production and Penn State having a five-star quarterback in Drew Aller, things can be a little shaky. They can be a little, a little intimidating. But all in all, the game, the game, the number one rivalry in all of sports, it's not going to be as lopsided in Michigan's favor as it was when Urban Meyer or Jim Tressel were there, because that would require Ohio State sinking back. And while that is a possibility, with how they recruit and who Ryan Day is as a head coach, and with the staff that he's assembled, I don't see it happening. Now, Michigan returning as much as they do, I have a hard time picking Ohio State to walk into Ann Arbor and win. I also have a hard time picking Michigan to win in dominant fashion. I think it will be a close game, which favors Michigan due to it being a home field advantage and Michigan having that matchup advantage against Ohio State schematically. But all in all, Ohio State could win the game. And Penn State, as much as that roster looks intimidating on paper, they lose more production than Ohio State or Michigan do. As a result, they're less experienced than people think. Their offensive line, while returning four starters, is nowhere near the caliber mostly because of development that Ohio State or Michigan offensive lines could be. Penn State's O-line does have a capped ceiling that's much lower than the Wolverines or Buckeyes' offensive lines. Their running back room, while great, Michigan and Ohio State, I think could have a better running back room. And I think Michigan definitely does, and I think Ohio State will if the running backs are healthy. And Ohio State gets Penn State at home. And Ryan Day's also never lost to James Franklin. A road game at Wisconsin? Wisconsin doesn't have near the talent that Ohio State does. So even for this season, I just want to hammer the point where it's hard for me to see a reality or a scenario where Ohio State folds and they go 9-3 and three and everyone is questioning them to a degree of hot seat talk and program failure in the near or even distant future. The Buckeyes also have the second highest blue chip ratio in the country, only behind Alabama. It's higher than Georgia's, by the way, the blue chip ratio, and it's, it's higher by a mile. Alabama, 90% of their roster are four and five star players. For Ohio State, it's 85%. For Georgia, it's 77%. Now, if you adjust using outgoing and incoming transfers, it changes. Ohio State's drops to Georgia's level, Alabama's drops into the 80s, but still, Ohio State's roster is closer to the talent of Alabama's than it is to Georgia's. That's very impressive. That could also be painful, just knowing that Georgia has won the national title for the past two seasons, 
but also know that Georgia plays no one in their regular season schedule. And Ohio State has to play Penn State, Michigan. It's always a challenge facing Michigan State when they are good, regardless of how great or easy of a matchup Ohio State's wide receivers have against that secondary. All in all, Georgia's toughest rival that they have to face. And thankfully, this will change in the SEC in 2024. Georgia will have tougher schedules. They won't have as much cupcake schedules. They'll have a schedule more like Alabama's or LSU's. They'll have more quality opponents. What, it's been Tennessee, maybe Kentucky, has been their toughest annual game for the past decade? That's nothing. Georgia has always had more talent than those schools. They've always had more resources, better coaching, etc. This team is destined for success. Ohio State is. And I think Ryan Day is going to be staying with this program for quite a long time. I think he's going to win more Big Ten championships. I even think he will win a national championship at some point in his career as Ohio State's head coach. The Buckeyes, it's just too hard for them to lose. They can't do it. They can lose against Michigan. They can lose against Georgia. They can lose against the elite teams, but they can also beat the elite teams, which is an achievement in and of itself, and they are incapable of losing to small teams and even the middle-class teams so far in the Big Ten and in the college football world. So Ohio State, do not ignore them in 2023 or in the future. I think Michigan is number one, Ohio State's number two, and I think Georgia's number three. One of those three teams are going to win the national title. In my own opinion, those three teams probably make up more than 90 or 95% of the chances or scenarios of winning the national championship. They are in their own tier. Ohio State, Georgia, Michigan. Remember that. And if Michigan doesn't win the Big Ten or win the national title, you can be sure that I will say that it's going to be Ohio State. Thank you all for watching. If you like this video, please hit the like button, subscribe to the channel, and hit the notification bell. Also, comment your thoughts on Ohio State football down below. I want to know whether you think I'm right or not that they are still in that elite category. If you agree with me that they're still up there, they're an elite program, and there's not much to be concerned about moving forward, and that I think that they will partially at least address their record in the game and win some games against Michigan and win the Big Ten, or whether you disagree with me and think that the direction of the program is more negative than I am willing to admit, perhaps, or that you just straight up disagree. Thank you all for watching, and I'll see you around. Bye-bye.